Welcome to Broadcast Media, the inside track, brought to you by Ancast. And here's your host, Ben Anker. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the show. This week, our guest is Jose Otero. He's a broadcast engineer based in Denver, Colorado. Welcome, Jose. Thank you, Ben. Okay, no worries. Well, I'd like to start off by just saying, you know, how did you start off and like, how did you get into the broadcast media industry? So originally I'm from Puerto Rico and, and, you know, there's a few broadcast stations over there, but I started as a DJ making music for my friends and all that. We used to have parties in our garages and, you know, I basically borrow my old, my dad's old stereo that he had laying around since 1994 and didn't even use. So I started using that early on and, you know, as people continue to pay me just because they wanted to, you know, throw parties around and, and I started, you know, benefiting from that. I started growing my equipment as well. And that's basically how I started. That also evolved into a spot in a local radio station where I was a kid back then. I used to probably have like 12 or 13 years at that point. And I had my own spot in, in the radio station where we were basically talking or, or talking about topics relating to specific problems that affected the youth at the moment. That lasted for a few months. And so, you know, that was like my beginning inside the broadcast industry. And, and later on, I continued to participate in, you know, a lot of activities inside, you know, my high school, again, doing sound engineering, doing mixing, DJing, also emceeing, you know, being host and moderator, which basically opened the doors for me to study broadcast or, or in this case, it's called communications technology in a university in Puerto Rico. That was yeah. like my, my, my first, you know, how I enter in my first experience in, in terms of, of broadcasting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I'm always interested to find out if there was like a calling sign for people coming in. Was there any sort of flags or signposts along the way? It sounds like those those ones you just mentioned growing up as a teenager were certainly sort of flags and in- indicators, perhaps. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I've spoken with a lot of peers and colleagues and most of us basically start the same way, either, you know, being a DJ or just mixing music. And, and sort of, you know, that transponded to, to what, where we are right now. And I think that's, that's, you know, something very common with people working in this industry, at least on, on this side of the continent, right? Yeah. Where we'll start doing either, you know, having a little segment on a local radio station, small radio station, and just growing from there and, you know, finding that, that spark to continue also, you know, in journalism or, or, or any, you know, other medium inside the broadcast industry. I guess so. It, you know what caught you is the is the sound side, the audio side, and I guess when you progress through your academic years, did you slowly begin to find out you know more of a specialism that you wanted to go into, more more engineering yeah. or sort of audio and video together? So here's, I mean, when I finish my my, I had two degrees actually. When I finished my first degree, which is in communication technology, that's more focused on on media production. Right. It's and not only, you know, media as we see it in broadcast, but also film industry, journalism, all that. I finished my my degree. And right after that, I started in a film uh, company in Puerto Rico and I started doing Web pages, which is totally not related uh, to what I study. But, you know, it was, you know, the first job I got. And that opened up the doors to do web pages into local TV stations. Actually, this is uh, this was a still is a non uh, commercial TV station which in, in, you know, in the UK will be something like BBC. In here is a PBS affiliate station. 
So I started doing web pages there. They acquire all these new equipment. At the time, I was working with web servers, but the administration over there, they, you know, all, all, all these servers and, and and computer systems that were being integrated into the work into the broadcast workflow was fairly new to them. So when they heard the word servers, they automatically related that to what I was doing. So yeah. they included me in the projects. And it was totally not related, I have to say. You know, it was something very new, very daunting. But I, you know, I, I took it as a challenge. You know, I'm a self-learner. So I, I started, you know, going through the manuals, speaking to the people that actually handle that technology. And I started learning about, you know, managing these systems and, you know, sort of became the expert at the station to create these uh, virtual sets at that moment, take less digital workflows. So that actually was the, the thing that propelled me to move on into electrical engineering, because in Puerto Rico, we don't have a specific career or, or degree that it's broadcast engineering, right? Yeah. But electrical engineering was the closest thing because it's digital signal processing, control systems, wireless, and when we move to the RF portion of things. So I started that second degree in electrical engineering. And, and it kind of took off from there. You know, I, I moved on to another station, started working with broadcast IT and start learning, you know, about the how technology in, in the broadcast stations integrate with IP, which is, a, 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 you know, a different niche as well, because it's not the same systems information technology that you see in a corporate environment where in, in broadcast, it's a, it's a little bit different. We do use similar systems like, you know, there's an active directory. We have group policy object, which is all lingo for, you know, for uh, systems information. But when you migrate to broadcast technology, we have to tweak those to make it work for our workflow because we're dealing with a lot of heavy traffic in terms of IP. Not going to, you know, I don't want to go to that rabbit hole, but basically that was the thing that inspired me to continue on on a more technology side of things and got me to where I am today. And it's interesting how, you know, you took that first job being sort of in the in the web space, really. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it involved servers, but look how well it served because over the past, say, 10 or 15 years, or even probably going up to 20 years now, there's been a like an amalgamation of, of IT and broadcast engineering, right? So yeah. that gave you some great grounding, you know, all those years ago. Absolutely. I mean, and, and up to, you know, till today, it's paying off. You know, there's a lot of, we're in this transition where still we're looking at technologies that still work with uh, a little bit of what we call the old technology, which is, you know, the SDI cable or the, you know, the coax cable pulling SDI data. And now that that we see this transitioning to, you know, a full uh, CAT 5E or CAT 6 cable or fiber in this case, because we have with 702110, which is the new standard for video over IP protocol, then, you know, we see those migrations. There's other, you know, technologies out there that are for compressed video to be transported into a CAT6 cable, which is a full Ethernet uh, uh, cable, like, for example, NDI, which is the new tech protocol. And, and those are the things that have given me that, you know, edge or, or put me uh, ahead of the curve because I already understand and have the experience of, of, of getting my hands to work with that technology that when this thing, you know, when these technologies launch for the first time, I already have that foundation that I can continue to build. Also, you've sort of made the move from Puerto Rico to, to the US and from sort of public service broadcasting to commercial broadcasting. Is, yeah, is there any big differences in those worlds? There is. There, there's a huge difference. So 
So after, in 2017, Puerto Rico suffered a major catastrophic hurricane called Maria. The station that I was working on at the moment, we lost our, you know, our transmitter and our tower. Everything was lost in the hurricane. So at that point, I had to make a decision, you know, to continue to grow my career, right? Either it was changing career paths or just maintaining the same career path, but moving towards the U.S. Or in this case, since Puerto Rico was part of the U.S., then the, what we call the mainland. And I saw this opportunity to continue in non-commercial television because the, the, the thing that I like about non-commercial is that you are more focused on, you know, doing things right. Like, you know, you're not, even though I, I cannot say, you know, that the current company that I work for, it's like that. But I've heard about other colleagues that, you know, there's, you know, they're limited to the amount, you know, to budgets and all that to, to acquire technology. It, and, you know, non-commercial is the same way. But in this case, is you know, it's more focused on getting things right the first way and, and you have a little bit more flexibility. It's not crucial because, you know, it's all publicly funded. So I think you, you, if, if, if in my case, I started in public in the public industry, it was a very good school for me to continue to, to learn on. So I moved here to Denver to work on the city and county of Denver municipality. And they have what, what we call here a, a PEG station, which stands for Public Educational Government Access TV. So it's basically creating TV, a TV channel for a, a cable provider channel. Cable, cable providers have to pay a fee and, you know, that's uh, basically gets reinserted into the community. So as, as the chief engineer there, I was in charge of the technology and overseeing also the partners that we that we had to to provide that, you know, PEG service to the community in Denver. And, oh, wow. and after a while, I, you know, I made some, I've always been a very, you know, people person. And, you know, every everywhere I go, I meet people and, and like to talk. I met these this team in, in NBC Universal. And, and when the position opened here in the Telemundo station in Denver, since I'm fluent in both English and Spanish, you know, it was a, a, a good, it's a good opportunity for me to move into the commercial side, which yeah. has been, you know, it's not totally different, but like you said, the, the, the administrative process is a little bit different. You know, things are a little bit more critical because, you know, this is a business now. So we need to, you know, we need to maintain a revenue source, which in this case is our honor programming that also impacts our, you know, our, what we call our, our multi-video platform providers, which is, you know, the, like the cable providers, satellite providers that feed off our on-air yeah. signal. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the responsibility is a bit more, but so is the, you know, the, 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 the process, right? The, the, the knowledge base that you get. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just thinking about, you know, that sort of a brave decision to sort of move to the U S pursue your career in, in a brand new place, just drawing parallels from maybe the upcoming graduates are going to leave university campus this year. You know, is, is it just being brave? Is it about, you know, pushing your boundaries and believing in yourself, really? Absolutely. I mean, it's first of all, you have to be true to yourself. Like you have you have to know what do you want, you know, with this new career that you're, you know, getting yourself into. If, if you know, how far are you willing to take it? And, and no answer is right. I mean, no, no, not one answer is right. I think all the answers are correct. It's just the best one that fit to your expectations. I've learned about people that are, you know, very good broadcasters or very good reporters, but they want to stay where they are because they want to report to the community and they have a commitment to their community. And that's, that's fine. I mean, that's very honorable as well. In my case, you know, I wanted to professionally, you know, jumpstart my career and, and knowing in Puerto Rico at that time, it was impossible for me. I made the decision to move. I've 
you know, work with people that right off, out of college, they decided to look for a bigger market or just, you know, start somewhere else. And, and, and that's, that's fine too. But that's, I think that's a decision that it's very personal and it's just, how do you want to take your career moving forward? You know, so like, again, like I said, some people, they want to stay in their communities. They want to provide a yeah. service to their community. And that's very honorable as well. And some people, they just want to focus on their career. In my case, I do at some point contemplate to return back to Puerto Rico and, you know, and, and give them the knowledge that I learn here and grow, you know, my community and, and how do we inform our community. So it's it's kind of like, you know, for me, I, I, I chose this path because it's going to give me more resources so that when I return then, you know, it's it's going to be better for us. So. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great story. And, you know, think it was, you know, a, a job title that you even imagine being chief engineer and technology manager. It's, it seems to be sort of really working for you right now, Jose. Well, I mean, I, I think so titles are very good. They look very good in a resume. I just I love what I do. I mean, it's it's I get to work with technology that not a lot of people are, you know, get to work on and that for me it's very you know it's very fulfilling to be honest and and i love it yeah like i i wake up every day and 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 you know i love coming up coming to the station to work especially during these tough times where you know we have this whole pandemic thing going on and people are you know are in need of information it actually gives me a sense of purpose to be part of that community where we inform our you know our people and, and say hey this is what's going on these are the the centers that you can you know get tested this is what's happening with the vaccine. So I think for me to be part of that process of, you know, disseminating the information, it's, it's thrilling. Yeah, I, well, I was, I was going to ask, you know, that the high points of your career and you just mentioned right now, you're, you're providing, you know, broadcasting for the nation, essentially. Is there any other sort of uh, moments that stick out for you, you know, in the past few years that really sort of stood out? I have to say, like, even though when I was in Puerto Rico and we lost our, our antenna and, you know, our transmitter and everything, we still had the, you know, the commitment to inform our community of what was going on, either if it was through another outlets, which we did. We actually had the opportunity to work with other stations from, you know, United States, radio stations in this case, to get, you know, a, a, a simple antenna on the air and start broadcasting for our community. And uh, we actually, I was part of the team that we went to. So Puerto Rico is actually, you know, a set of islands. So one of the smaller islands, we went over there, it's called Vieques. And we went to Vieques to set up a, the local FM station over there so that the people in Vieques could get the information. I think that was uh, one of the most experiences, one of the experiences that had the mo most in impact to me. Because even though, you know, we're not in it, you know, for the recognition, because, you know, nobody knew who were the people that work on it. And honestly, I, I you know, I, I don't I don't mind that because I'm not in it for re the recognition. But I know that I was part of, you know, of, of getting that community the, the information they needed to to get, you know, food to the tables, to know where the status on getting electrical power were, you know, when the ferry started working. And, and it was it, it was a good thing to to be part of that experience. Amazing. And um, I'd just like to sort of talk a little bit about, you know, recently how you've stepped up as uh, chief engineer or technology manager, but you've also had to sort of, it's not just about engineering anymore, it's about projects, it's about operations, it's about right. the com commercial side, you know, could you just, you know, explain a, a little bit about those sides and how it matters in, in these current roles? Yeah, so I think right now, and, and we're not the only company doing this, there's, you know, 
I think all the TV stations, I have other colleagues working in other markets with other companies. We're all looking for the same thing. We're, we're, we're all trying to figure out how to make technology work to our advantage, make it more efficient, more cost effective so that we can, you know, get produce more content. Because at the end of the day, that's what's, you know, that's what's important. Content is king. This is something that in the industry you're going to hear a lot. Content is king. So producing that content, that's what we want to focus on. So if we can reduce costs and improve our operation with the technology, then, you know, it's, it's going to work out for us because then we can invest that money into producing content. Right now, like you said, Ben, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working as a manager of technology. And even though it's, you know, it's a great title, it's, it's not, it wasn't my drive. You know, my drive was actually being part of that leadership was it, you know, being in the leadership team to actually make these decisions and work with this technology, figure out these workflows so that we can, you know, get the best uh, technology possible and, and put it in practice. I think that's, that's the, the best thing that I have in this position is that I get to be part of that decision-making process and, and, you know, and, and get these innovative, innovative protocols in place and see them happening. You know, once you put something in paper and then you execute it and you see the product, it's, it's thrilling. Yeah. And it's especially, you know, content is king. You know, you must have dealt with the studios and the post-production side, a lot of content management systems, playout systems, yeah. even the whole spectrum down to distribution and RF and that, that sort of arena. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everything that, that I'm responsible for, it's basically, you know, it, it encompasses all that. From the, our content management systems right now, we're in the process of upgrading our what we call our MAM, which are this is our, our media asset management system, just because our old one doesn't have enough storage, right? And and we want to upgrade it to a bigger storage unit and and you know have more tools for our reporters out in the field. So now instead of using an application, they can use a, a web page, you know, a web browser to to do their edits, edits and, and all that. So let's continue to use the technology. In the RF side, we recently replaced our transmitter with what we call a solid state transmitter. Which it's less space that we that, that's occupied in the building, less heat load. It's uh, more efficient in terms of how it produces power. Whereas you know the old transmitter we had, what we call a two cabinet transmitter, where if we lose one cabinet, then we go fifty percent power automatically. And this one, you know, if we lose one of the amps, then you know we're down to 24 percent. So it's it's not that big of a hit. So those are the things that you get to you know decide and, and work on so that we can continue to deliver our product to, to our community. you got to be across like the whole of the technology stack everywhere, basically. They, they, I've heard people talk and they tend to kind of like target going to these bigger markets like New York, Texas, uh, Florida. I like the, the Telemundo Denver station that I work on because even though, you know, Denver is a big market, but when, you know, we're targeting a, a niche inside this market, which is a Hispanic community. So we're not that big of a station. But because we're not that big of a station, we do get to actually, you know, make decisions on a lot of other stuff. Whereas if you're in a bigger market, everything gets segmented, right? You know, you're yeah. if you're in charge of, of post-production, then you only get to work with post-production systems. If you're in charge with the RF side, you get to work with the RF side. And in my case, I get to work with all of it, which is, oh, you know, wow. it, it's what I like, you know. Even though it's in a smaller scale, it's still the same technology, just, yeah. you know, apply differently. Yeah, and uh, what does success mean for you, Jose, in your career? What what makes you drive? What's the passion? I, in my case, is it's just knowing that what we're doing, number one, has a positive impact to our community. I think that's the number one reason why I do what I do. Number two, it's knowing that what I do 
it's 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 something that is it's positive for the company and for the team. I'm a strong believer in in working as a team. You know, I've been a leader in some cases. I've been you know a team member in other cases, and you know, following great leaders as well. And I think being part of that team and 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 realizing that the work that we're doing is actually impacting positively. And if, you know, we're not perfect, so sometimes we make mistakes as well. But when we learn from those mistakes and, you know, and, and are able to fix those mistakes and apply them to real case scenarios, I think that's what drives me the most, right? Those two yeah. things. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I always like to ask the question, a bit of sort of looking back is, if you could meet your 18-year-old self now, Jose, what, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, like, start... I would have told myself, you know what, why don't you start your engineering degree a little bit sooner? I think that was yeah. the thing that, that's the only thing. And even that I wouldn't change, but it, took, it did took me a little bit more than I would anticipate it. But at the end, I you know, was able to finish it and, and, and complete my degree. But it, it's, it's basically the only thing. I think everything that I did up to that, to this point, you know, I'm, I have zero regrets because it led me to where I am today. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. It was meant to be, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, and so if uh, people want to connect with you, they're free to connect with you on LinkedIn. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there you go. My, my LinkedIn is all there on the screen. Um, I'm very active on it. You know, I like to share posts from, from our company's career platform. If, you know, if somebody's interest and or if you want some guidance or mentorship, I'm also open to that. I, and I like conversations. So if anybody just wants to, you know, start a conversation and and talk about this beautiful industry that not a lot of people know how beautiful it is because they don't understand it, then, you know, I'm open to that, too. That's LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash O-J-O-S-E. That's brilliant, Jose. So I'd just like to say thanks. You've been a great guest. No, thank you, Ben. Thanks for the opportunity. And, you know, I'm always looking to to share my bit of experiences and knowledge with the community. So I appreciate you uh, putting me in this, show, in, this, in this podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Broadcast Media, the inside track. Subscribe for more real-life insights into the industry. And for more information, head to ancast.co.uk.